So can I ask you a question about um, poop water? Yeah. Huh? No. I, enough uh, of the poop water, Joe. Every podcast. Yes, it's always. <laughs> always. So you have have lived near Washington D.C. You've lived in Virginia. I have. So Maryland or wherever Joe Flock. Where did Joe Flock go? You are sincerely. You are upset about this. Ooh. Dude, one point six five million dollars. Uh huh. Like that's like that's like a dumpster at like Culver City. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> um, I have family in Culver City. How dare you? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's so nice that if you lived in a dumpster, it would cost you a million and a half dollars. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure, boys. I just looked at the run sheet and I'm trying not to laugh because it says uh, something we talked about this morning on there. <laughs> the caucasity index. Oh yeah, no, I put that. <laughs> the best state in the wide white world. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll get there. Um, let's do it. Let's start um, <laughs> with the Joe Flacco home intro. Churchill Radio. I am 3K underscore hello. Joey got on me last time, so I'm going to be much more formal. Uh, I would like to introduce my colleague, Robert Forehand. Um, he Good be, evening. He Are we can, doing the gents? No, we can't do gents yet. No, gents have to be it, playing. Yeah. Um, he can be contacted if thou artst upon Twitter, the communication of scoundrels, at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. Good evening, Robert. Good evening, Sir Joseph. How are you today? I'm quite pleasant. Uh, Excellent. Joseph, too, uh, at LA Rams, Rams, Rams. He's not a Joseph. That's, he's you know, a Joey. Tonight, he is a, tonight he is a Joey. I dare not <laughs> commit him to such sins of nomenclature. Joseph, too, at LA Rams, Rams, Rams. How dost thou fare? Jerks, Joe Flacco lived on 1.2 acres, <laughs> six bedrooms, five bathrooms, a three-car garage in Baltimore for 1.59 million. Like we need to do like a like an old uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yeah, yeah. With the strings in the background. Joe Flacco. What is what is it about this that's got you so heated? Well, I think it's just knowing what real estate costs in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and being a homeowner and kind of yeah. really understanding like there's there's cool areas, you know, when you have people that are really doing better than you and you see where they're like living. And, you know, I got a buddy who's doing really well and he lives in Studio City and he's like, oh, yeah, like I live next to Todd Gurley and Clayton Kershaw. And you're like, oh, wow, this guy's living in the valley. That's pretty cool. And it's like these houses are probably five, six million dollars. Yeah, so I was gonna say, what does one point nine buy you in in, in the valley? Um, one point five nine. Well, nice I mean, honestly, you might be living in a condo. No, you, you would have like now. I mean, you would have like maybe a seventeen hundred square foot house, like three bedrooms, two bath, normal backyard. Yeah. you know, and it's just so in, a, really in a cool location. Flacco, you're, you're, you were pissed at yeah. the proximity. Like that sucker lived in a much better location for real estate. We just estate need to get I Joey did. to watch some House Hunters Tulsa. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I I watched the Fixer Upper when they're in um, Waco, over where, where yeah Waco or Baylor is. Oh no, no. We had we had a bunch of um for some reason we had a a a series of nannies that were all these girls from Baylor because they were friends and they recommended each other. So um this very California house, you just have these girls with these 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 Texas accents, you know, from Waco, and they have all their ba- Baylor gear. I've seen this porn movie. 
where a series of nannies <laughs> from right. Texas were they cheerleaders, Joey? Uh, they weren't. They were more like theater girls. But yep, like, I've seen that one like... too. That's the yep. sequel. That one's good too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was... Exactly. It's called Baylor Girls 2. Doth protest. I didn't know you were a thespian. I didn't say thespian. <laughs> the off the off season. Who loves it? Who's having a good time with no football? Wait, let's bring this one up. We're gonna we're gonna do tonight's like the favorite episode. We're gonna go through a lot of our favorites. Um, and, and when we, we talked about the idea of Brandon Cooks being a favorite Rams player, who's your favorite Rams player, Joey? You've got an obvious one. It's on the run sheet. We know who it is. Is is there is there a, maybe a, a runner up? Your favorite's got to be Jared Goff. You can go off on him, but is there maybe a one B that you have as a as a runner up for Miss uh, Los Angeles Rams USA? Well, I mean, obviously, I just mentioned Brandon Cooks and uh, big fan of him. But if we're gonna is he your is he your one B? He's he's my one B. We'll just leave it at that. Mm. We're gonna have a lot of receivers talked about in this group, aren't we? Rob, we you're might. the same. You've got an obvious you've got an obvious one A. You got Cooper Cup. Yeah, you, Cooper, there's no, there's I, no, I, see, no I'm the only one who I don't have a one A. You guys have one A's. Who's your who's your one B? I have like one B and one C. I it's tied between John Johnson and okay. Robert Woods. Robert Woods is just okay. that guy is so freaking good for the cost that we got. Remember remember the storyline when Robert Woods signed? People were mad. They were legit they were. that they signed him. How dare you give him eight million dollars? That guy is terrible. Now Robert Woods is the greatest free agent signing in the history of the franchise, according to a lot of fans. It's uh, that guy is everything you can want and more. And uh, I just I love to watch him play. He just I I love me some Robert Woods. I'm usually a defensive guy as far as like players I follow. Uh, but no, love I I actually don't tell Cooper this. I might like Robert Woods more. Ooh. He's just, he's oh, great. He's awesome. But John Johnson scand- has scandalous. <laughs> a little John- off-season infidelity. <laughs> Johnson's got that personality, right? So I, I love John Johnson yeah. as well. Uh, he, you know, I thought he had a, a really strong year last year. He really made some strides. He was pretty good as a rookie, but he really stepped up his game and played really well mm-hmm. last year. And uh, he's got personality. He just, he's got some chops. So I'm, I'm a big fan of both those guys. I, yeah, so I don't he, know if he, I just missed anything, but I just fainted. After Rob said that Cooper Cup wasn't his favorite, so um, I, I missed the last forty-five seconds. You know, I spent the better part of three years built our, like as a Rams fan building up Cooper Cup, and then two years before that, when he was in, in college, I really started talking a lot about him. So it's, I've been invested with the Cup, and I, I, I love him. Um, but if we're talking like pure with guys, I love watching play. I, I, it's hard to go over Robert Woods. That guy is so freaking good. He does everything well. Where does Taylor Rapp come in as a Washington guy? Is he there, or does he have to earn mm-hmm. on the field? Well, he has to earn some, but I, I do like me some Taylor Rapp. I, 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 as the I mean, the Cooper Cups and the Taylor Rapps because they're local and I'm up here. They don't have to do a lot for me to want to follow them and like them, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, you know, they get they get an easier path to my heart. As a, like Robert Woods had to earn that shit, and he earned all of it. So I'm, I think that's why I appreciate him more. But uh, I already mentioned when they drafted him, I think I might be getting me a number 24 or if they change numbers before the end of the year, who knows? But uh, I could see a Taylor Rapp jersey in my future, which is odd. I don't have an Aaron Donald. Everyone has an AD. I like those like those different ones. Yeah. So yeah, no, Taylor be there. See, I'm I'm the same with you. I like the people from where I'm from, and that's the South. I got a lot, I got a lot of favorite Rams. I got, I got Michael Brockers. I got Gerald Everett. Joe Noteboom, Josh Reynolds, Tanzel Smart, Aqib Tlaib, 
from Dallas. From I got Big Wit. And I got a new favorite, Daryl Henderson. Did y'all see his press conference? <laughs> oh man! I did see oh his god! The, I and this is Daryl Henderson like buttoned up, like being professional. Daryl, what do you think about? Oh uh, yeah, we play some ball day. <laughs> Uh, I will say my favorite player um, on the Rams, and it's it obviously has nothing to do with the social media presence because he doesn't have one. Is Greg Zerline is my number one Jeez. favorite player on the Rams. Um, he's he's one of the most talented guys at his position I've ever seen, and yet nobody kind of cares. He has a personality, but it's that um, it's like uh, we talked about the the Banana Republic thing with Jared Goff. Like Greg Zerline definitely has a Banana Republic uh, polo that he puts on when it's time to quote unquote turn up, right? <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote turn yeah. up. Like when when we're going to quote unquote the club, that's Greg <laughs> Zerline's time to put on that Banana Republic polo. Um, he's 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 the perfect kicker. He's everything you could possibly want in a kicker. And I, I don't know. I find him fascinating. And the fact that we don't like talk about him more and no, nothing's known about him. More, and he has no, he's not even Johnny Hecker because Johnny Hecker is this funny, outgoing guy. And he's got this social media presence. He's got the family. Nobody knows anything about Greg Zerline. Greg Zerline goes and kicks field goals and kicks field goals to, win, to, to tie the game and then win the NFC championship and go to the Super Bowl, plays in the Super Bowl. And then he disappears. He disappears off the face of the earth completely. And then he comes back, and he's one of the best kickers I've ever seen at his position. He's fascinating. He, Greg Zerlin's my favorite. He's Opie Taylor from the Andy Griffith Show. Uh, welcome, kids. I'd like to welcome everybody under the age of 50 to Turf Show Radio. 75. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you brought up um, Banana Republic because... I was going to say Opie. I'm glad you brought up Opie because now that you say that... Now that you bring well, up, well, I was going to bring up our I've, I've, got a, I've got a Stanford and Son transition that I need. Join you, honey. I'm coming, to, Elizabeth. I'm coming to join you. But um, just according to the style ambassador for Banana Republic, I just want to make sure that you know that the jokes <laughs> are seamlessly combining style with performance to go with uh, looking and feeling one's best. Because Jared Goff pulled off an impromptu uh, testing session. Well, wearing the collection during filming for the core temp campaign. Will the st- I, I saw a thing. Will the style ambassador ever do a spoken word ad for Banana Republic? He did. Well, no, I saw it. I saw okay. it. It's um, I saw it. I think it was on Twitter. It was a, it was like an ad before. I don't know if it was like Candy Crush or a YouTube video. I saw an ad of it, and it was a thing. I, I was like, holy shit, there it is, and it, it was. And there were words, and it was him like slowly throwing a football in khakis and loafers. <laughs> it was a th- I saw it, and it was perfect. But it's got a name. I don't know if you guys know the name. I forget what it is, but it's like uh, ath- athletic core or something. It's got some kind of a name for it. Was it kind of like in the same vein as like Brett Favre's? Uh, no. No, it's not as cheesy as that. This is what, this is him in like a, in a black studio, and there's smoke everywhere, and he's like throwing the football to the camera. It's very, very L.A. Yeah, yeah. It's the term. Core temp. And and no, and it had a name with it. It was like core temp, no, 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 the no. future it's of core. Core temp, a force of nature, featuring Jared Goff. 
God, it's gonna make you. I saw it's it. gonna keep you. <laughs> I saw it, so I know it's real. Go for it, Joey. What is it? Um, what Jared Goff runs through a forest, the snow, and a lava-strewn active volcano. Yeah, and other extreme uh-huh. environments to show the Banana Republic's na- natural performance fabric will keep you looking crisp and professional in all climates. Oh my god, <laughs> this is amazing. He's actually trying to like juke a tree. He's running through the the forest and he like does a stutter step. He jukes a tree. There's a fica. He he kind of fakes out. Could you, could Jared Goff fake out a fica, yeah. or would, do you think the fica would tackle? Yeah. Him? I think it's I, I think the fica would tackle. Um, it was fantastic. I saw it this week. Uh, those are our favorite Rams. Um, we've got a list here. Uh, favorite Rams game from last year. This is this is an interesting one because uh, 2008 fantastic season. Obviously, went to the Super Bowl, but there are a lot of memorable games for better and for worse. What's your what's your most memorable game? I have to say that um. Even though it probably wasn't the best game, the game I think about the most is the NFC Championship game because of how dramatic it was. And you know, I'm I, now we're in that point of the of the off season where I'm kind of overthinking of what happened with the Super Bowl, and I'm wondering if since that was such a dramatic game with so much controversy, I wonder if that caused the Rams to kind of go in flat to the Super Bowl. That kind of coming off the high of beating mm. the Saints and everything that happened with the NRC pass non-pass interference call but i mean if, if you sure. look at the numbers and, and and the stats of the game it's you know jared, jared goff only had one uh touchdown pass but you know passed for almost 300 yards and it was it was just an it was it was an interesting game because they were down 13 going into the second quarter and uh they were able to, they were able to make it happen and, and, and it just to me it felt like it was a really gritty game and I, and I liked just seeing was. the Rams not being a finesse team, but being more of a kind of a punch-in-the-mouth type of team. And I kind of felt like they were tougher than the Saints in that game. Here's here's what I liked about this game, and I'm just going back into the box score. Uh, these were the rushing outputs uh, from the two teams. For the Saints, Alvin Kamara had 15 yards on eight carries. Taysom Hill had one carry for zero yards. Mark Ingram had nine carries for 31 yards. For the Rams, oh, it was much better. Robert Woods had two carries for negative three yards. Josh Reynolds had one carry for 16 yards. I said Josh Reynolds. Todd Gurley had four carries for 10 yards. And CJ Anderson, who's not even on this team anymore, had 16 carries for 44 yards. NFC playoff football, baby. Overtime NFC championship football. <laughs> Were there any carries in overtime? Um, Robert Woods, two oh. for negative three. No, I don't know. <laughs> just, just those numbers make me. It's a it's a quality entrant for those alone. Obviously, the 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 NRC no call and the 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 drama of having an overtime game that sends the Rams to the Super Bowl is going to be something none of us will ever forget. But those rushing totals are the kind if for me, those are the kind of things that make this a great game. When you have, when you have rushing games like that, ah, that's my go. Do you know my biggest memory from that game is one man keeping cool, looking crisp in all <laughs> climates in overtime to Tyler Weiss with a man. Greg Zerline? No? Oh, okay. Yeah. The man in the two incredible throws great. to Tyler, who also made you know great catches sure. to complete. Uh, they were huge, and they allowed 
your favorite player to kick the game winner because if they don't complete those, I'm not sure Jeezy's kicking a 73-yarder. Uh, the way he, I mean, you can talk about his performance under pressure, which people will talk about, and they already have been all off season. Uh, Jared Goff under pressure in those two moments, balls of steel. He was freaking great. Some would argue, Robbo, that he's a force of nature. <laughs> nature. Cortep. <laughs> Cortep. Yeah. I love that. I love it. It's a good, it's a good pick. Is Jerry Goff, Jerry Goff going to be wearing like khakis under his jersey this season? If he's smart. He, if he is he going to have a Banana Republic patch on his? On his? <laughs> oh, can he just have like a BR? Right, he'll, he can like run it in, on his shoes, like the dudes, like they'll write notes on their on their tape on their shoes. He's just like BR it. Hashtag banana bitches. He's got banana. He's got banana republic on one shoe and Pizza Hut on the other shoe. <laughs> worst, worst uniforms ever. <laughs> he's not even employed by Pizza Hut. He just voluntarily just keeps wearing their gear. He's like, they don't sweet pizza, bro. Higgs and I like the hut. What can I say? <laughs> We're hut heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was your favorite game, Rob? Um. I went back and forth between mine and yours, and um, but the, mine for a couple of reasons. I went with the Minnesota Vikings game. It was a Thursday night football. Rams won thirty eight thirty one. It was exciting, but that was like the real like the real test, right? They had Oakland start off, which was a close game, but for a while. But we weren't sweating Oakland too much. Arizona they steamrolled. The Chargers was a good game, yeah. but that Vikings game was like all right. Everyone on the on the planet's watching Thursday us. night football. Thursday night football. It was exciting. It was a close scoring, high scoring affair. Jared Goff looked fantastic. My boy, the before mentioned Cooper Cup, was great in that game. Uh, I think all all three receivers had 100 yards receiving. It was the second quarter, if I remember, they had something like 30 something points scored in the second quarter. They just went at it toe to toe to toe. It was a lot of fun, explosive. It showed the, the world that, you know, last year wasn't a joke. The NFC West champs, these guys are here to play. Because the Vikings were heavy Super Bowl favorites going into that in that season, and uh, they took it to them. It was just a great game. I think there was something like a thousand yards of offense in that game. It was it was just a fun statement game for the Rams to come out and really just say, you know, "This season we, we are messing around." It's it's Sean McVay was not a joke. It's not a fluke, and uh, and we're here to stay here to stay. It was just uh, it was one of those early season games. I just thought, all right, this is. This is it. We're 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 legit. I gotta I gotta be honest. I was a little surprised you didn't take either of the obvious Robo options. Week five in Seattle, the Rams won thirty three to thirty one over Seattle. Was that the game? Five yeah. weeks later, against Seattle in L A, they won thirty six to thirty one. That's a lot of offense for a Rams Seattle contest. Two wins for the Rams. I'm a little surprised you didn't take a little Rams Seahawks action. I mean, I could have taken the Rams at Seattle with the fourth down gutsy McVay call with the sneak with Jared Goff, but no, no, I was I went Minnesota. It was it was a bigger statement game for me because they've already beaten the Seahawks a lot. I mean, I've all when even when they were bad, they beat the Seahawks and they were competitive. And this, I thought the Vikings game was was like the real early indication that that uh, last year wasn't a fluke. Yeah. The year before, twenty seventeen was no joke. So that was my game: the Vikings thirty eight thirty one Thursday night football. A good one. I went with. I, I thought about going with uh, the Chicago or New Orleans loss. I thought those were maybe not my favorite game, but just 
games that were really interesting and and told us a lot about the team because a lot of times you learn more about your team in a loss than you do in a win. And the Rams had so many damn wins, there wasn't a lot of adversity for us to learn from. But I had to go with the Chaos Bowl, man. Uh, 54 to 51, week 11 in Mexico City. What's that? There were pictures of the field on a Monday and they moved the game. Hips hmm. don't lie, Joe. Hips that's don't lie. a that's a thing that how many how many pictures of fields on a Monday have you seen before? How many pictures how many pictures of the Coliseum have you seen after USC played it on Saturday and the Rams played it on Sunday? Mm, I've seen a couple. I've seen none. But you know how many pictures of the Azteca Stadium I've seen after a Shakira concert? Lots. <laughs> That's right. Where's a Shakira concert? I forgot about that. Oh god! How can we play on this field on Monday? Did you see the pictures on Tuesday? It looked beautiful, but it was too late. We had to move. The, we had to move a game from Mexico. Th- these are the kind of things that I'm pretty sure in the future are going to start wars. This is going. We got lucky. We got lucky. This darn didn't start a war. We moved the game from Mexico back to L.A. Monday night football, Kansas City Rams. Two of the best teams in the NFL at that point. I think we were we were nine and one, and I think they were nine and one. Either way, we we knew that both of the teams were going to be great, and obviously they ended up going to conference championships. Pat Mahomes throws six touchdowns, and the Kansas City Chiefs score fifty one points, and they lose. There were there were four fumbles. Pat Mahomes threw three interceptions. This was one of the weirdest games. This was one of the most the least NFL games I've ever seen. It was fucking awesome. It was great. That game, that game was so bizarre. Samson Ebicom looked good. That's true. I when when we talk about how we're a little bit unsure about Ebicom, I think about him in that game, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he has what it takes to kind of put it all together. He did what he did in that Kansas City game, right? Yeah, he was, he was all over the place. What was funny game. was he had two defensive touchdowns, and I remember they interviewed him after the game and. You know, he he gave the right answers, did the media training stuff. And I think when they were done, Steve Young says something to the effect of, well, if you have a lot of games like this, I'm sure you're going to have a productive career. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Samson Abukum is not going to have a lot of games where he scores two touchdowns. I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that he's not going to have too many of those. You're going to take the under? <laughs> That's a good average. What a weird fucking game, man. It was great. It was fun. Well, imagine if it that was, was his average two defensive touchdowns. That means there'd be some games where you'd have like four defensive touchdowns. Four. <laughs> yeah, but there'd be someone who has zero, yeah. and that's kind of a bummer. I mean, he's got a lot to work on. Zero touchdowns? I mean, sometimes you have a down game. Um, those are our favorite games in 2018. That's why you go get uh, Clay Matthews, because you have zero touchdowns. Don't you set those. There are people that are going to buy it. There are people that actually hear that, and they're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Um, 2019. Our favorite games coming up, Joey. There's a there's a lot of options. What are you going with? What's your favorite game coming up? Well, flex pending the Sunday night football game with the Chicago Bears. Week eleven game. I think the Bears have a big fan base, so I'm going to go to that game with my buddy who's a diehard Bears fan. And what I think's fun about that is that the Chicago Bears are. A relatively youthful team. They got a young quarterback, and they were built mm-hmm. in the the mold of the Los Angeles Rams. Just one year later, it's kind of what they've been branded as, right? And I just think it'll be really kind of interesting to kind of see how these teams match up. And I think 
the Bears are going to be good this year. I just have like well, they were good last year. They have a really just they were good awesome secondary, and I think they got a lot of talent there yeah. with the cornerbacks. So I did, I, I definitely the Bears. How many kids this oh, year's Monday Night Football game with the Kansas City Chiefs? That kind of shootout. Yeah, I know we we are with the Michigan. You know who Matt Matt Nagy's favorite player in the NFL is? It's Craig Zerline it as well. Exactly, but that's exactly why Greg Zerline my favorite. Is it's one of those positions that's kind of underrated unless you need it. And then you're Matt Nagy and you're trying out eight guys in March and letting them know. By the way, this job comes down entirely to what the last guy failed at, and if you fail at it, I'll cut you tonight. Yeah, you're out. The bear, I, I like the Bears game, Joey. I see that you're going to get tickets and you're going to go to that shit. And uh, I really wish I could be there. I'm going to do all Rams fans a favor. I'm not going to any home games this year. I'm not going to any games for the Rams. The Robo so curse. Everyone, it's. I will not be in attendance. We will not lose a home game all year, Joey. That's my gift to you. You're going to enjoy it. Go on, go enjoy a victory on me. I think I, you should go to Rams game. Just you stay outside the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> My mojo cannot be anywhere near the Coliseum. <laughs> what's, uh, the boundary, what's the boundary? What's the uh, the 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 wall that protects the Rams from the Rams? Is Del Rey far enough? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think once I cross Los Angeles County, uh, I stand in Los Angeles County. We're, we we need to test this sometime. We need to have Rob like at the county line, and you can like step over the line in the fourth quarter. Oh, Jerry Goff throws an interception. Bravo. Get that foot yeah. back. Across. And, and we're doing the podcast. It's like Robbo's alive from Woodier. <laughs> Get your ass back to Bolsa Chica. Get on the other side of that street now. <laughs> yeah, firmly planted in Laguna Niguel, safe from the curse. We'll have a human mm. wall just like fucking uh, <laughs> us, where we got hands across America preventing Robbo. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll do the world a favor. I'm not going to go to another home game. Okay, so does that mean Just... that the one game you'll be going to is the home game in Seattle? Oh, no. No, because the schedule, the oh, NFL oh, schedule oh, makers. That's my, that's my German, that's my German oompa music. Joe knows. Uh, I, I plan to go to Europe uh, in September and October this year. I'm going to Ireland. I'm going to go to Ireland, and then I'm hitting Oktoberfest, and I'm coming back. And I thought, oh, the way I had this scheduled, I'm going to miss. I'm going to come back on Saturday, so I'll get to see this time. I'm going to miss one Sunday. I'll miss one game. No! The schedule came out, and they're going to throw the Thursday night game in Seattle, in my hometown, Perfect. when I'm gone. So I will be in Europe. I'm going to miss the home game here for the first time in a the long N- time. The NFL so gods t- are preventing you from enacting the Robo curse upon us. And I think And I've already warned my wife that I will be up at, you know, three in the morning, Euro time, watching the game, and then we'll do touristy shit with her, you know, with with no sleep. Because that's the kind of fan I am. You guys have left me great candidates here. There's obviously week two. That's the easy one. None of us took week two because it's too easy. Um, that's the Saints. Somehow not a national game. Won't matter. Everybody's going to be watching that one. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, at Cleveland, Sunday night football. That's fascinating for all kinds I of reasons. Um, Atlanta, week seven was a candidate. That's the rematch from our wild card loss two years ago that none of us took. And uh, obviously, given what happened to Atlanta last season, there's a, a, a lot of bitter feelings on their side uh, left to kind of rectify, but I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta's a playoff team this year, and that could be a game that uh, reminds us of why. 
Two other games after the bye. Week 12, Baltimore, Monday Night Football against Baltimore, the last Monday Night Football game for L.A. before we move into the new Coliseum, uh, the new, Coliseum, the new stadium. Um, with Lamar Jackson, all the Baltimore could be really, really good. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're in the AFC Championship. That could be a fascinating game. Week 15 rematch of the uh, divisional playoff against the Dallas Cowboys. They've got Dak Prescott going into a contract year. All the pressure that goes into the Dallas Cowboys year after year. That's a that somehow that's not a national game. The Rams are too good, and we're facing too many good teams to have so many national games. But um, that one would have made it. I've got two games tied. For me, and I'm it's because I'm old. Week six in LA, week sixteen at their place, Rams 49ers. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a well, we thought they were gonna be good last year, but then you know, Jimmy Jimmy got a flap a little, uh, you know, didn't step out of bounds, ruined his knee, and their season tanked. And but we thought they were gonna be pretty good last year, and I think they got better this year with better talent. I don't know what it is, man. Even when I when I feel confident that they're not going to be good or that we're great, those games, I don't. It's something about the rivalry, man, and it's got me. Those are my games. Those are my two games of the year. That it's it's not one of those things where it's like Texas OU or Ohio State, Michigan, or whatever, where it's like as long as we win those, I don't care if we don't make the playoffs. We need to make the playoffs. We're that good this year. We should. But damn it, we got to beat the Niners, man. You know why? Twice. It's because when you lose to a team like the Niners, it, it hurts more because they're trash. Way more. Way more. Way more. Way more. Way more. Anyone who's more. been a fan of this team for more than a minute, that's the team you hate, right? The, the most. Seahawks feel like the rival because they've been the better team and the division champion for so long. Like recency kind of, you know, you bias. Got, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. But if you've been a fan of this team forever, you... If you're a Rams fan, you hate anything that has to do with with Niners. I oh, I can't stand them. So I'm I I I feel your I feel your love on that game right there. I went with uh, the Steelers for one big. I mean that team's in, in transition. No AB, no uh, no Bell, but they're still going to be pretty good. They're still a big band. But the Rams have a home game uh, at uh, against the 49ers, and then they go on the road to Atlanta. They go to London. They play Cincinnati. They've got a bye week. Then they have to go back to Pittsburgh. So it's the last it's the last road game before they get to come home and, and play those two games you talked about, Chicago and Baltimore. I think that is going to be a big test for them. They have to bunch of travel. They've got a bye week. Then they have to travel again back to Pittsburgh to play a good team in a tough environment. All those terrible towels and their defense is usually, usually pretty good. I think that's a, that's going to be a tough game for them. And so I'm, that's the game I'm most looking forward to is the Pittsburgh Steelers, Rams visiting them. Uh, the Kevin Green Bowl. Let's uh, let's see what they've got. The Kevin yeah, Green is... Bowl. Go ahead, let go ahead, <laughs> Lefty Junior. The, the Kevin Green Bowl. The uh, Craig Ironhead Hayward Bowl. Like we can keep going with these things, but that's that's the game I, I, I've kind of circled. I'm like, all right, that's the one for me. Uh, and then one one B for me would be the Week One Carolina Panthers because my wife. That's a, a fascinating fan. game. I don't know if you guys saw Carolina's the team that's going to be uh, doc- that was documented for All or Nothing, the Amazon Prime show that's coming out. Ooh, that's I didn't see that. Oh well, nice. if you need some time to go talk to your wife, that's going to be. <laughs> I might. I might have to. Oh man, it's going to be so good. It's going to be fascinating, especially with Cam Newton, everything that happened oh. to him last season, the way that the way that their season went. Uh. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to sit down and 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 go order like a Costco size box of bibs, 
it was the airtime that Cam and Christian McCaffrey get on that show. It's going to be a slippery slope here. That be cost on your forehead. Reminder to people: the Panthers started off six and two, then they lost and their they next seven games. Good, <laughs> it's going to be so good, man. Uh, along with Cam Newton with the injury, and that's fascinating stuff. That Week One game is going to be great. Uh, you mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I got to plug our Fan Pulse results. Fan Pulse is the SB Nation uh, fan polling. Uh, effort that we've been putting forth since the beginning of last year. We're doing it now for our other sports, obviously for baseball going on. We're going to expand it into basketball and hockey in the seasons to come. But we did in the NFL last year. What's been interesting, I posted a week ago, one of the things we do almost every time we run fan polls uh, across fan bases, we ask, how confident are you in the direction of the team? Well, for Rams fans, it's been almost 100% since the beginning of last season because, you know, we had the season we did in 2017, then we had the offseason, and then we started winning games, and we were 8-0. And yes, we had panic week after losing to the Bears and Eagles, but we corrected things. We went to the playoffs. We were confident all season. What's been interesting is teams that really fell off the map. You take a team like Pittsburgh, because that was your your game of the year, Robbo. They they really struggled down the end and just barely missed the playoffs. They ended, they ended oh, yeah. that season um, with a real deficit of – of uh, 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 support in their confidence and, and what they had looking at uh, for fans from behind the steel curtain, which is our SB nation uh, Pittsburgh CEO side, 15, just 15% of fans uh, reported confidence in the trajectory of the team. That was at the end of the season after losing Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, they're already back to 70%, right? They're already back. It's this. This has by far been the most interesting thing to me about fan polls. Was that last year we saw a majority of fans for a majority of teams experience disappointment over the season because they're so you you, you build up the entire offseason and ev- not everybody. We know Buccaneers fans and Dolphins fans and Giants fans are going into the season not expecting much, but for maybe like eighty percent, eighty five percent of teams. They either think they've got a shot or like Rams fans and Patriots fans and everybody else, they know they've got a shot. And so it's just fascinating to see how that comes crumbling down for most teams. And then somehow they're right back there. Washington fans at the end of the season were at 9%. They're already back to 61. Arizona Cardinals fans, they were the worst team in the NFL. They had the number one pick. They were at 15%. They're already back to 65%. We're heading towards training camp where everybody's going to be confident about the team. It's fascinating. Well, there's the NFL has shown that you can go 4-12 and 12 with Jeff Fisher, hire the youngest coach in the history of the game, and then go 11-5 and five and win the division. The NFL gives you hope because you can turn it around quickly. You can. You won't. You, you might not. No, it's not set in stone. But I think that's why fans love this 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 league so much because you your team could be terrible and you could flip it of course if you're the 2005 through 2016 rams uh that that hope never really came to fruition but and it came back out every there. year so even get, then it came, came back every year oh sure it did hey we just drafted sam bradford we're gonna be great oh, we just drafted uh chris oh, long we're gonna be great we just drafted uh wayne gandy we just drafted uh jason smith we just drafted here's yeah. a good here's a good question on the Ew. favorites list that is going to make uh it apparent that i am an absolute trash person and that's why i wanted to do this uh i'm assuming this was from you joey what is your favorite drink for a rams game and what about a general night out at a bar so let's do this twofold let's do drink for the rams game drink out 
uh, Robo, you start because you've got a great answer that I wish it, if I weren't being honest, this would have been my answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a I am uh, a garbage I, man, and that's why I have to be honest. I have to be real. What What's your favorite drink and what for a Rams game? And what's your favorite drink when you go out? Well, for a Rams game, it's usually just beer. I'm usually just like drinking. I'm drinking an IPA of some kind. Why? Because yeah, but I like, like good stinky beer. beer. Quality. Uh, I like I like I like tasty beer that gets uh, has some flavor to it. So I, I drink IPAs, um, but if I'm out of the bar, it's an yeah. old fashioned with bourbon. I'm an old man who drinks an old drink. I want my I just give me give it to me how I want it. I don't need no fancy anything. I want an old fashioned with bourbon on the rocks. Old man drinking an old drink. Joey, what's your what's your home drink? What's your road drink? I would have to say that this does not make me sound sophisticated as all so i promise i really am i'm not i drink a rum and coke that's my jam nice and when i go to watch the rams games like that's a bar right. or something i actually will i uh, usually have something like a bloody mary especially if it's like a 10 a.m game sure anytime on a sunday i think a bloody mm. mary is a perfectly but not acceptable you're not doing, you're not doing monday night football bloody mary uh no like I think at oh, nighttime I don't really have, have bloody mess. He's not bloody mess if it's a, I'm day drinking or if yeah. I'm in Las yeah. Vegas or on a plane sure. or at a funeral or at school <laughs> or I just have like all the What do you do Monday? Like Monday at football Rams Rams game drink? Do you do like a beer? Oh, then, yeah, or yeah. Do you no, still drink like at the stadium. Yeah, you drink a beer and stuff. Yeah, it's you know similar to going to a Dodger game. You know, you drink overpriced Bud Light mm. or. Yep. You know, Sierra Nevada paying like $18 for a pint. What's the rum for the rum and Coke? Usually Bacardi. Okay. But, um, I, I, I like Kraken. The, um, I've never tried it. It's pretty good. It's like a dark, dark rum. It has a little bit of spice to it. It's nice. Some good flavor. Cool Look at you. Good for you. Own your truth, Joey. Thank Own your man. truth. Um, what about you guys? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite drink for a Rams game. It's just, it's just what I do and how I live my life. I'll tell, I'll tell you this. Um, I saw, I went uh, to get a bottle of bourbon this week, and I saw they had a new eighteen pack for Miller Lite, which were little stubby cans. It was little cutesy. It was little cutesy third cans, a third of the size of a normal can, and I bought them because that's what I drink when I watch sports. I drink shitty beer that costs nothing because I'm a shitty person. <laughs> See, you, don't, you don't want any of my IPAs. You, you know, I've got them in the fridge. I'm not drinking them for, for when bait comes over. Yeah, yeah. When the stars were playing the Blues in the in the NHL playoffs, I had to go out and get some Bud Light. Why? Because this is America. I'm watching my team. Damn it! I'm gonna drink some crap beer. I love some crap life. I will do an old fashioned when I go out. That's a great pick. I thought you meant you drink that at home for Rams game, and I was like, oh well. No. I thought I thought that's what you were going for, and I was like, oh, very impressive. I did make some mint juleps for the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. I went through four of them. I was I was I was pulling up some mint juleps for myself. But when there's uh, regular sports, do you box, muddle? Do you muddle your mint? I muddled the mint. I did. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I went all out. I did, but. When I'm watching Rams football, when I'm watching, especially, oh man, U.S. men's soccer, that's I, 
I will. That's definitely a Bud Light. I will squeeze the can and pour it all over the carpet, and my wife will get all mad at me. And I'm just, I'm just so happy for America. I thought you were squeezing the can because Josie Altador got hurt again or missed a missed a sitter. That was that was the last time I got mad. I think we've talked about this. That was the last time (laughs) I was sincerely angry. Was when we lost Trinidad and Tobago Uh, and missed out on the cup. So I'm not doing this again. Um, Who is your favorite all-time Rams head coach? This is going to be interesting because we have different perspectives. Um, Robbo, you didn't you, you didn't have an yeah, answer here. I do. I do have an answer. Okay. I actually didn't. I didn't fill it in. Uh, I'm going to go between uh, pre Joey. I'm going to go Ray Malavasi. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, because I was that's kind of my former years. My first game as a Ram, uh, to, as with my dad going to the Rams was '76. Uh, that was like the Chuck Knox years. But then, really, because I was pretty young then, I just got exposed to it. When I really started paying attention to the Rams, it was you know right before junior high, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, that kind of thing. And they were they were still pretty good. So Ray Malavasi, twelve and four in seventy eight. They went to the, went to the Super Bowl. championship. Lost lost to the lost to the Cowboys and then yeah. seventy nine the following year they went to the Super Bowl. And so I remember getting to stay up and watch that game. I, like it was yesterday. I can still see them, you know, Wendell Tyler. Um just they had the lead in the third quarter. It was and then John Stall Stallworth broke my heart because we we knocked out Lenny Swan. Just Ray Malavasi. I, uh, I, I just, I, I mean, I get Joey's and I'm, I'm kind of there with him on that one, but I got to go true to my heart. It was the guy who really showed me like what this team can be. I mean, he was, he was there early on. He was championship games and Super Bowls, and I was all, yeah, I'm it's all a good pick. I, I was with Joey because we came, uh, clearly we became Rams fans at the same time. Yeah. Joey, you had a good pick. And that is John Robinson, who, also coached at USC and he's, he's a guy who coached for such a long time from 1983 to 1991 and winning record, which is not the easiest as an NFL head coach. But, um, mm-hmm. yep. He was great. Yeah. He was great. Yeah, he was 75 and 68 was his record with nine years, uh, in Anaheim. And, uh, it was, it was a hell of a 10 year, man. I mean, I, I was, uh, in 1983, I was uh, five years old, and uh, they're playing right down the freeway, like 15 minutes away. So you go to McDonald's, and they have like Ram stuff, and John Robinson's everywhere. You know, he's he definitely just was the coach, and you don't you don't see that a lot in sports where you have a guy almost a decade is the head coach of a team in your home area. You know, he kind of becomes really like the represent the representative of the team. You know. And I and hopefully that happens with Coach McVay. He becomes. He was yeah. He kind of was like football in Southern California. Yeah. In that that he pretty era, much kind he? of represented what Southern California Southern California football is. Also with his days at USC, you know, he's definitely a a big part of SoCal sports. Mm-hmm. And he and they were all his teams were good. He they was were always very good. coaching. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's how you keep you keep coaching is you keep yeah. winning. Yeah, you know? just I mean, look how many years they went to the playoffs. Under John Robin, I mean, eighty-three to ninety. I think they missed the playoffs once, and they were they went deep a lot of times, right? He was also very coachy, yeah. where he was he was the kind yeah. of guy that would make like coaching noises and statements. I, like the main thing I remember from John Robinson was a lot of times when they would ask him a question, his first response was, ah, ah. Like, <laughs> Coach, you, I, th- "I thought you guys ran the ball pretty good today." Ah. I mean, we did all right, but this. Ah. Ah. <laughs> 
And, and, and can we talk about the coaching tree of John Robinson? There's two notable Ooh, yes, coaches please. who branched out from that tree. It's Norv Turner and everybody's favorite head coach of the Los Angeles slash St. Louis Rams, Jeffy Fisher. How does Jeff Fisher oh, I you were say Mike Riley from Oregon State? Is that because of uh, well, Jeff Fisher was more like a Buddy Ryan guy, wasn't he? He was a defensive coordinator with um, at USC when he was head coach. How and, interesting! Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Because, because See, I was I was put Jeff Fisher under Buddy Ryan at, at USC. Robinson, he left the Rams and he was there with USC for five seasons. So it's John Robinson. John Robinson, how do you feel about uh, making Jeff Fisher a coach? If you if you actually look, he's got some other coaches on there. I'm sure Bruce Snyder, Bruce Snyder, very successful college coach. Yeah, and and people really successful college coach. You forget that he finished off his career six seasons coaching UNLV. UNLV, yeah, yep, he was running Rebs. And after that, he taught high school as a defensive coordinator. Of course he did. That's the John Robinson thing ever. Just to, to San Marcos has to coach you in a, a college t- program and then go back to be a, a defensive co- Can you imagine being the head coach of a high school team and you got John Robinson as your defensive coordinator who's coached 10 years in the in the NFL? Coach, what, uh, what do you think we ought to do here? <laughs> um, I've got two. One, my first was Dick Vermeil because Dick Vermeil, the great thing about him was you you could see Dick's how it, it, it wasn't just the crime. Like he he couldn't fake it. There are so many coaches who can fake it and can do this media bluster where um maybe like Mike Todd or almost like Sean McVay, where where they've where they've got a public persona that they've cultivated that's different from their private persona, right? where they know that um, when the camera's on or when the microphones are on, they have to be careful about what they do and what they say. And when they're themselves, they can, they can be a different person. Dick Vermeil was horrible at that. Dick Vermeil was one guy the whole time. And it didn't matter whether it was private or, per, or, or public. He was himself. And there was something uh, affable about that. Obviously the fact that he was a good coach and he took us to a Super Bowl championship obviously doesn't hurt, but, uh, Dick Vermeil was was probably my probably one of my favorite coaches in general, not just Rams coach, but uh, he was one of those dudes that you almost feel bad that he was a coach because you didn't want him to have to deal with the kind of uh, penalties of being in the public eye that way because he was such a good guy and because he was so sincere, right? Um, but yeah, I love Dick Vermeil. I'll go with another one. I know this is weird. And it's going to be like, oh, of course you do. But here's the thing about Jeff Fisher and why. I love them as a head coach. It wasn't that he was polarizing. It's that he kind of fractured the part of the NFL media and fans that's willing to be honest about itself and the part that's not. And he was perfect. He's still perfect for that. He's still perfect for it. Where as much as I love, and Jeff Fisher is supposedly a really great guy. I think I'd, I'd love to hang out with him. I don't know if you guys have heard him on, pardon my take, the uh, podcast over it he's phenomenal he's phenomenal man yeah, he's good and he's- he seems like a great guy with all this experience that you'd like to learn with 
but he's a horrible head coach. He's a horrible. <laughs> he's, he's like a great guy, but he's just not good at this. And he's done it for so long and hasn't learned any of the things that you should have learned by year two or three after year 23. There's no way to, to, to explain that except that he just doesn't care. And I find that fascinating. I could spend, I could spend a hundred hours talking to Jeff Fisher. You know what? I blame Jeff Fisher's for his fall. His like failure as head coach. I blame John Robinson. It's John's fault. It's John's fault. You have so stubborn. Joe, you've got an interesting one here that's going to help us transition out as we close out uh, our list of favorites going into the offseason. Favorite taco. Now, I talked about starting wars. This is the kind of thing that's easy to start a war. That's true because being a man from Texas, you have strong opinions about tacos. But Los Angeles be careful. is not to be pushed around. We have amazing tacos. It's probably amazing tacos. Our, our most underrated gift. People yep. don't think about it, but we're uh, oh. we got we got tacos. Anybody who's underrating it is failing. Is it, yeah. LA taco scene is fantastic. It's it's, of, it's 100 out of 100. But but if we're going to talk favorites, I'll just say never had generally yeah. I really never like Street tacos, like when you come out of like a, yep. like a you know sporting event, like a Rams game, you know, just like when there's, mm-hmm. hmm, hell yeah, find a food truck. I mean, food trucks, yeah, sure. Like no, find a I'm food truck and just go to like town. The dude that has the grill and they're making the tacos just right there, like kind of simple, like hibachi. Mm-hmm. I always Ooh, love that shit. Hibachi, hibachi is Asian. It's a komal. Don't right. disparage our Hispanic listeners. God damn it, Joey. I'm the worst, <laughs> but I'll make you happy here. And I'll just say as far as just restaurants, place to get it. Have you guys been to home state? I have it not is, been to home state. It is a lone star. Uh, I'm not. And okay. they're big for breakfast tacos. Ooh, I like it. And I like it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause there's a lot of talk. It's, a, it's on Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. And they just, I mean, it's great. They just have those, those, you know, handmade flour tortillas, which I think is key for me for a taco. I don't like the corn tortillas as much. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good because they, they use the green salsa with the scrambled eggs, a little bit of brisket, but it, it's essentially Tex-Mex. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I like it. So, thought you'd like that. What about you guys? What you think? What you got, Robo? L.A. Tacos, favorite. Uh, 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 just specific L.A. Tacos? Or uh, Mercado, Los Angeles, like down by Fairfax. Okay. But I'm a, I'm a carnitas eating machine. I love me a carnitas taco. Just so, with a little bit of that tomatillo salsa. Yeah. Corn tortilla. Yeah. Keep it simple. Don't put a bunch of shit on it. And yeah. just enjoy what people do very well. Keep it simple. Taste fucking great. Flavor bomb. Chris, oh, love the texture. The, you could throw the uh, the the pickled radish in there. It just I could eat it all. I could just eat it all damn day. Oh, go ahead and knock it, Gracie. Mm. Put the exclamation mm. point on that one. Um, Joe, God, have, so... have you ever eaten at uh, Loteria? There's one in Farmer's Market, and there's also a, a standalone restaurant on Hollywood Boulevard. Have you been there before? I haven't. I've heard of it, but I've never gone that's that's i've been going there for like a long time and i i really 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 like it like i always get the tinga de polla uh you do a burrito or you could do it with a taco um yeah man it's great i uh i love mexican food it's the shit 
as we all should. It's the it's the best food around. Um, uh, you mentioned carnitas. Um, I, I've I've had a lot of carnitas all over the world. I've had a lot of carnitas in L.A. I think my favorite carnitas is at Via Mareliana, which is at uh, Grand Central Market downtown. Mm-hmm. If anybody gets a chance to go there, they're on the uh, on the east side coming out, and they just do whole hog. They do all kinds of different meats, but they've just got pigs that they've got cut up and frying at all parts of the day, and they'll give you free samples. And it's like you said, it's just super simple. Double corn tortilla, uh, onions, cilantro, limes, and they got some salsas and toppings, but they don't do a lot of fancy stuff. It's super simple. It's just pig and tortilla is good. Um, my favorite for Rams fans, if you haven't been there, this is a real easy one to knock out after you go to a game, which is Tire Shop uh, Taqueria. It's on the south side. It's right across MLK Boulevard, mm-hmm. south of the Coliseum, which I guess you need to take in this year before we move back to Inglewood. Uh, Tire Shop Taqueria is incredible. Phenomenal tacos. They got an awesome salsa verde. Um, I don't know. The, the, my my thing is my fa- my favorite taco for whatever reason. The taco that I love the best is lengua tacos, which is cow tongue. Um, I love lengua tacos, and it's super simple. I love the meat, but you can't go wrong with tacos, man. I lo- I also I put this on the red sheet. I love a fish taco. I love fish tacos. It's uh, yeah. I mean, how do you screw up a taco? It's even bad tacos are delicious. It's true. I mean, it's, it's true. The perfect food. It's the perfect we love food. tacos. And we love you football. Come back to us soon. We love you, Rams. I think, do you guys want to hear my theory slash hot take? If we say no, are you not going to say it? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> oh, and then I'll say no. <laughs> I dare you not to say it. All right. Well, <laughs> you, you, you guys would have enjoyed it. This, the next, the following 45 seconds would have been podcast gold. <laughs>